your favorite nine apps better be the first ones, or else you're not going to see them on the first. <laughs> but they look. But they look so, good being that big for those of you who may have eyesight problems. Please. September 18th, 2013, and yay! This is episode 70 of Yats. Every week, Wednesday evening, yet another tech show.com. Check it out. I'm Matt Lee. Joining me this evening, whole cast of wide awake yeah. folks. Aunt Pruitt. What's up, Aunt Pruitt? He said wide awake folks. I know. That wouldn't be me. <laughs> Talking to you. Also, Larry Press with the Echo. What's up, Larry I'm, Press? I'm wide awake, man. I also know that. I'm wired. Ready to go. Ready to talk about some tech. Also, Chris Miller in the house. What's up, Chris? <laughs> very good. Very good. So, big news of the week. What are we doing? Chris is back in town. You want to tell us a little bit about your trip? If there's uh, anything pertinent to technology? Uh, there was a lot of technology, uh, a lot of talk about all the new tech that came out that we're going to cover on the show. So, I think we should just do it that way. But, uh, you know. I, I can't say that technology failed me a couple times while I was gone. How's that? that it's bound to happen from time to time. Never heard, never heard of that happening. Right. If that where'd you, where'd you go, I was over outside of London at a conference. Cool. And, uh, you know, technology failed a couple times. Airline technology. Nuh-uh. Failed. Nuh-uh. Oh, yeah. just, technology just doesn't times. fail. Just a couple times. But technology- we're going to talk about all the tech. Let's do it. Because everyone was talking about what we're about to talk about. I know, so let's talk about it. What let's talk about it. You guys are the worst. Aunt Pruitt, you got an article up on Tech Page One. The Postmortem IT. I don't even have the link. Where is it? Okay. <laughs> Postmortem IT. Aunt Pruitt, go. Well, again, this may not necessarily be a technology handheld device story or what have you, but those of you in the enterprise might get a kick out of it and and, and probably already do this stuff, but we, um, you can have some stuff go go down or or break and whatnot and and be a real real deal alert for your IT side and everybody's got to come together and fix this stuff. Um, But the point of a post-mortem meeting is to look at the problem, assess it and whatnot, and then discuss what can we do to keep it from happening again, you know, because I don't know about you guys, but most of the people I know on the IT side that deals with these catastrophes or what have you, it usually ends up being like a bitch fest and and -and so-and-so should have done this and -and so-and-so should have could have would have, man. If my grandmother had cojones, she'd be my grandfather. You know what I mean? It's neither here nor there. You got neither here nor there. (laughs) That's right. It's an old saying. But no, you get you get everybody together and, 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 and put them around a conference table or a bar or whatever and say, hey, let's let's hash this thing out so this stuff don't happen again. And you know, what do we what did we learn from it? 
you know? So what did you learn from it? What, yeah, what happened? Give us the rundown. Um, what what went down? Um, like, what, what, okay, what the example I used in the article was, say, the network shares uh, weren't available anymore because they ran out of space in the network shares. You know, it'll happen. You got people that decides to throw all of their uh, videos and MP3s on the network instead of keeping them on their freaking mobile devices and it, we run out of space. You know, so the CEO decides he needs to go out here and look at this legal document to get ready to present it to the board, but he can't get to it. So you have some alarms and whatnot that goes off that says, hey, your network um, storage is running out of space at so many gigabytes, you know, some type of warning. You know, I, uh, I, I made 50 bucks doing some consulting the other day, uh, and it had to do with that. They were, they, they were like, I, our network shares aren't working. None of our, we can't access any of the files. <laughs> I sent an email back. I was like, set up Google Drive, send. 50 bucks. Done. <laughs> I didn't even have to set it up. I was like, yeah, that's, that's Done. my new job. I will consult via email. <laughs> Man, that's a gig. Yeah, it was handy. That's very, it was very handy. So, good article, definitely. Uh, if you guys are interested in the enterprise stuff, check out techpage1.com. We all have different articles here and there uh, up on that site. So, also, BlackBerry having some trouble speaking of technological fails. 40% layoff. What's, uh, what's going on there? Chris well, Miller, Mr. Blackberry. Hold coming. on. Let's Chris Miller, Mr. Blackberry. What's going on there? Uh, they released their new phones. What do they need all the people for? They just announced the Z30 today, and by this weekend, you'll have BlackBerry Messenger on Android and iOS, and they're trying to spin it off to its own company. Because? Because they see value in that piece of software, and they're not doing as much in hardware as they like. To make up for the value that's lost in production of the new devices and people not buying into their Bez server as well as the OS ten. Right. Because they're but, buying? Uh, nothing. I don't know. They're not <laughs> buying. They're buying. I don't know. You always <laughs> like to you always like to have their back, so I like to give you a hard time because they're no, they're in their death. I don't have throws. the back. I like my phone. I like the device. They have the new Z thirty that they announced today that's coming out in Europe. Uh, it's a bigger screen with better battery, better antenna and some other enhancements. But it's too. You think it's too late now? Loading Android apps on the BlackBerry. It, now I've got Android apps running. It's not like it's a big deal. I'm running Android apps. Is that your daily? Yep, one of my dailies. One of your many have, dailies. You know, it doesn't have, count if you have more than one daily. It doesn't count. I have at this point right now. We have three dailies. Exactly. That none of that Jeez, counts, dude. None of that counts. <laughs> well, those all is, review units. Yeah. It's right. <laughs> This is permanent global for work. This is permanent personal. And then this one is a review unit, but that's it. But these two are personal and they're every day. I have these every single day. Okay. So one's personal, one's work. This is review. This is the the HTC One that AT&T just sent over to review. Um, Fabulous phone. Yay. It's not not fabulous. Well, they clearly sent it to the wrong guy to review then. (laughs) I think that's a... I don't know. No, I mean, I haven't played with it enough to say fabulous yet. It's... It's Android. It's all right. I if you like a, an activity stream in your face every day, it's beautiful. But I'm not past that point yet. So sure. Uh, any thoughts while we're talking about the new uh, devices and announcements? Uh, iOS seven. Is anyone excited for fingerprint reader on their iPhone or a cheap iPhone? Cheaper, should say. I'm going to say yeah. this. 
my first. My iPad feels heavier since I loaded <laughs> iOS 7. And when I say heavier, I mean it does. It just feels it feels heavier. Go ahead. Talk about your devices. No, I, so, I picked up one of those today because uh, the, the lady at work, her son has an iPad now. And it's, it is. It's like a brick compared to the Nexus 10 and 7. What, Ant? Yeah. Uh, we, we talked last week with, uh, well, not last week, week before, about what iOS 7 is going to mean to the people that's running iOS 6. And a lot of people are going to gripe about the change and whatnot. And sure enough, the few people that I know running iOS today, they, they bitched and moaned. They, they just didn't like it. Isn't that par um, for the course with any technology that changes UI? Well, yeah, this is and this is a big change, you know, for um, most of the folks on iOS. I'm, I was pretty excited about it. I, I thought it was pretty slick because it just sort of did a mashup of everything that we're already used to from Windows side and Android side and iOS side. Kind of bringing it back up to par. Yeah, and then far as the whole fingerprint thing, I haven't seen it in action, of course, but, you know, how, how hard was it to do slide to unlock, you know, and what happens with the, the fingerprint sensor? How quick is it? You know, is it going to slow you down to get into your phone or how inconvenient or convenient is it? Really? Well, and of course, when they showed it off, you know, it, it was pretty instantaneous. And they said, what, the more the more you use it, the better it gets uh, as far as recognizing your fingerprint. And I would be interested to see if you could make like a Play-Doh Silly Putty fingerprint, if it will read that, or if you could take a picture well, of a fingerprint, or is it 3D? You it, know, does the, it does not read photographs. No, it doesn't. It does not take photographs, photocopies, anything like that. There's some other sensors or what have you in there. I don't remember. But that's something that's supposed to protect from you know, people doing stupid crap like that. Like we used to do it to face unlock and stick a, a picture face in front of your phone. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. You know, I asked my students if they thought it was a cool feature, and about half of them did. But then I asked them, would you like it if it were universally accepted as authentication? Like as I understand that you can use just touch the fingerprint to make a purchase from Apple now. Yeah. You can make a purchase from Amazon by touching the fingerprint and everybody else and every store that you walked into. If they could get it established as that kind of a, a you know, sort of ubiquitously accepted thing, then they... Larry, would... I wouldn't mind that myself. I mean, considering I saw an article the other day about a kid ordering a $30,000 server on <laughs> his dad's, <laughs> on his dad's yeah. account. Yeah. Not without my yeah. fingerprint. Right. You know? Yeah. Well then, so what? The the new version, the kid just has to wait till his pops is sleeping and like bring the phone into the bedroom just and kind of put his finger on there and be like, "All right, give give dad a little bit of liquor." I'm getting you know. two servers this time, dad. So what's oh, up? Yeah, he just killed his father. <laughs> Come on, you being paranoid. <laughs> what do you think, Larry? Is this anything you you really care about? Um, it's not a game changer, but it'd be kind of. It will be important. I think Apple, it'll either be a dud and just kind of go away, or if, but if Apple could succeed in really getting this thing out into the world all over the place, and it became, instead of show your ID, it's touch your phone and your thumb, uh, that, would be, that would be kind of cool. Next yeah, uh, actually, you have to show an ID. What if, you know? what if, 
what if you don't have fingers? Then you're fucked. Uh, there must be. A... <laughs> oh, we're not supposed to talk that. Right? That's fine. I'm not All even right. editing that out. I don't even care anymore. Yeah, no, um, this is true. I have, I have no idea, but they must have fallback. Well, obviously, obviously. But what if they didn't? You are you are exploring the edge case. Toe prints. What if the kid gets his go. father when he's... toe prints? That because that's convenient, you know. Every time, I hold on. Hold on, guys. Several different things. Gotta unlock my on. phone. Hold on. <laughs> right. It's yeah. The opposite of get smart. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Hello. Do you, guys, do you guys have to key in the passcode to unlock your phone, or do you just No, slide? you just slide to unlock. Who are you, no, James I Bond? I do a passcode. I sort of requires a passcode. Yeah. Who cares? I, put I use one, just slide to unlock. I put one on my tablet, because I leave that at home, and I don't want my girlfriend snooping on my tablet. But, you know, if the phone's yeah. with me all the... I'm totally kidding. I took that password off. It was a long discussion. She made him. She made him. <laughs> she did too. It was a long discussion. That's fine. And then she asked for her skirt back. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the real question: How did? How's the uh, general public gonna? Is it gonna be a sales feature to the general public? No, the same old people keep buying them, and everyone else will they use Android. Yeah, what, Chris? What, Chris? You'll be, you'll, you'll be asleep, and you'll feel your girlfriend take your hand, and she'll be taking your hand going. So, <laughs> trying to, she'll be trying to get you to unlock, and while you're asleep, try to take your hand, unlocking your phone. Can we talk about the other <laughs> stuff of iOS seven? Or are we still stuck on this uh, goofy uh, uh, finger? Is there other stuff? Please enlighten well, there's us. There's other stuff. Are we talking about the good or the bad? Let's talk about the ugly. Uh, the good, good. They added some features. Nice, uh, nice. It, the UI looks stupid <laughs> because I don't. It's like it's like a kindergarten person came in and said, you know what, I don't like how some of the icons are nice and look like they have depth and color. Let's make everything almost go back I to I think we actually class. see leaks of this new UI in the Mike Judge film Idiocracy. Yes, possibly so. Pretty sure. When I, Pretty sure. Wait, I didn't, yeah, when I saw the developer builds, I couldn't believe this was going to be the final result. But these gray boxes around multiple apps, they now give you 27 instead of 20. Yay, inside of folders. Um... The goofy gray bar at the bottom, whatever. Uh, the notification area is nice. The slide up to get to your five areas is nice. You can say, you know, uh, airplane mode, turn off the Wi-Fi, Bluetooth. All that's nice to have right there. But, like, the parallax and all that, that's just stupid. Who's going to – so there's panoramic mode to take a panoramic picture that then you can make your background so you can hold your pad or phone and look at the whole picture. If you have time to do that, buy a camera. <laughs> What does Mr. Smartphone Photographer think of, of those features yes, for the camera? Aunt Pruitt, point and shoot. Uh, the last I saw on it was the camera is going to be pretty damn amazing on the 5S. And, but I ain't worried about it on no freaking iPad or anything. You need like the that. 7. You need 7 to take advantage of some of it, right? Burst mode, the yeah. panoramic mode, uh, a few of the other features, right? Yeah, and, and, and then what? What is this with the the battery? The automatic turning on of background sync of the apps. I don't like that. That they automatically enabled that when the apps are in the background, they are still pulling to update and refresh their streams or feeds. I I don't like that idea. If it's not in the well, foreground or whatever, I don't want it to be on automatically. They should have prompted me during <laughs> setup to say, "Do you want to turn this on or not?" 
When why are we still iPhone. even why, worried about battery consumption? Uh, and data, if you think about it, some people aren't on unlimited. Oh, or yeah, if you're yeah. traveling to uh, countries where you buy a 100 meg pack out of the country yeah. and you left that on, you would kill yourself without knowing it. Why are we still even futzing with this? Shouldn't the phone be smart enough and the OS should know that, like, here's the plan this guy's got. We're going to tailor the usage accordingly. Here's how much battery you have left. Let's tailor the sink and the usage accordingly. It seems like, duh. Battery? No, Matt, you're right. Battery is right because Android can do that. There's a lot of ones that auto shut down based on battery. But iOS, remember, isn't carrier dependent like Android is. So iOS is just iOS. Well, right. right. They won't know what your bandwidth is. But then Where it should ask you. If it doesn't know, it should ask. How much? What's your cap? Boom! Put it in. Now it, it can do it. People are gonna go uh, unlimited because everyone thinks they have unlimited. Well, everybody does. Right? Now, you guys like how you close tabs now? It's just like a BlackBerry. You just throw that stuff off the screen. Throw it away. Throw it away. Handy. So Here's they're borrowing some, from some everyone tweets. this this time to be innovative and and fresh. Isn't it just me or wasn't slide to unlock under a copyright problem? That's one of the reasons they couldn't deal with something with slide to unlock. Isn't that copy or uh, owned by somebody, trademark or copyright, whatever the heck like it is? Didn't Apple? Heck, I thought they were. I thought they had it patented. Yeah, weren't they the ones? They had it and they were thrown out. Suing. Yeah, because yeah. other people were trying to use it. So it's like you said, why did it take so long to get to that point? I have no idea. Um, but do you guys like the, the little flat UI, the no depth looking thing? I did. You like that? This, you like this? I've always thought nothingness. I always thought iOS was a little bubbly. Kinda right. Yeah. You're just not a bubbly person. It was like the Play School version of a phone OS. Bingo. It seemed like, but that's what, what everyone about... was used to because that's all there was back then when it came out. The You're... gray folders and stuff like that. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I think it's very. It just doesn't have the sleek UI coloring that I presume I would get from Apple's experience. Baratunde uh, Thurston says, the use of screen space by app folders in iOS on iPad is revolutionary in its stupidity. <laughs> it's three, you get three awesome. tabs now sure. of nine, I believe it is. So you get 27 instead of 20. But there, instead of one big screen of UI, you get this little square in the middle that you have to scroll through. Yes, it is. Yeah, there. that's. you took a picture of it. It's, it's um, interesting. So I imagine that was made more for, honestly, for the iPhone, and because it's a single OS, they carried it across to the iPad. It'd be nice if it was a preference. It said, just show me everything on the screen at once. We could have let you put shit here. Yeah, but instead, we put it too much sense. For, Let me do this. <laughs> Let's do it. For those that haven't seen it, hold on. For those that Bravo, don't know, they're seeing it for the first time because they're they haven't seen anything else. I'm going to put this up. So there's a folder. Right there. And when you click it, it used to expand down the page. Now, I get this little box in the middle. Look, Whoa! And look it's like bigger. Scroll pages. <laughs> That's so stupid. <laughs> but look at the whole, look at how big the iPad is. No, yeah, that's <laughs> little bitty ass folder. That's using your screen real estate wisely, I would say. The whole, there's the whole screen. Watch. Look at it. I'm going to get it. Where is it? There it is. I'm doing this backwards. That little bitty folder. <laughs> Stupid. That's like okay. buying the electric car version of a Mustang or something. No, it's, it's like such a waste. 
your favorite nine apps better be the first ones, or else you're not going to see them on the first. One. <laughs> but they look. But they look so, good being that big for those of you who may have eyesight problems. You, but you before you you know at least you could see the whole page of them and say. Uh, Does someone okay, want to tell Chris that he actually turned on accessibility by accident, or <laughs> should we just let him keep going with it? No, they, they want you to see that, that you're inside of a folder, but they don't have to use that much of the screen to do it. Right. Because Matt's got... Is that what they were going for? Here's another one from a follower. I upgraded my iPad. Hate it. Looks like a child's tablet. I'm telling you, man, play school. It's play school. So, Matt, for your question about accessibility, um, everything in accessibility <laughs> of mine is off, including bold text. Bold will let you look like iOS 6. So you can Ooh. actually read folder and app names better. Ooh. But everything else I've got off, and as silly as it sounds, I actually want to turn some of this on. Like, what is invert colors? Let me turn that on. I'm Ooh. guessing it will invert. It is. That's accessibility. Is it oh, going to no, invert this the is, this colorblind? This is the opposite of colorblind. Watch it's this. inverting your colors. Yeah. Watch this. Where is it? So I can get it oh. while I got it live on the screen. Here you go. So it's the normal gray. Mm, yeah. And now it's yeah, inverted. Now, I got to find it. There we go. Whoa. Now it looks just like Android. <laughs> <laughs> I may have found the answer to my problem. Hold on. Let me go back to the main screen. There you go, Chris. Oh, oh no. How's no. that look? Let's see that. How does yeah. that look? That looks like crap. Everything. Look at the map symbol. Where is it? Sorry for the light. The map symbol right there at the top. Mm-hmm. That's, if I change it back, you'll like it much better. It's but it doesn't dirty. change the folders. They're now dark gray. Wow. I love oh. it. Oh, that's hideous. Oh, well. Oh, well. It's what? nice getting Chris on a rant. I know. Isn't that great? <laughs> so you mentioned earlier BlackBerry BBM chat coming to Android iPhone this weekend. Is that something any of us Android users want to use or... Is this like better than Tech Secure or Hangouts or what? What are we? What? What is this for? It's. I want to use BBM about as much as I use Bump. <laughs> well, Bump got bought. <laughs> Didn't Google buy Bump finally? Yeah. Goodness, they bought it. Bump. There must well, be some Bump. like crazy cool NFC tech that Bump uses for Google to want to buy them because I can't think of like any other like why what who did works you read the there? press release no i don't read anything i'm just going off them the, off we the bought cuff. them for their knowledge of their developers because they have a great uh speed to market ability mm. to develop and deploy the product and we wanted those engineers they bought it for the people right well that's cool screw bump <laughs> screw. do you think that might have tied in with the uh the, the google wallet update or whatever it is that they just bought into yeah, with no NFC. I don't know. Can yeah. we use Google Wallet on Verizon yet? <laughs> I stopped messing with it because it never... Yeah, actually, the new update should get rid of the requirement for NFC only as well as certain phones. It opens up to all phones using a Google ID instead of just NFC. Or instead of certain carriers, too. Sorry, instead of locking mm. carriers. But no, so BBM, yes. So picture an encrypted, secured network where they showed WhatsApp could be hacked on certain networks. Um, you now have an encrypted, secured uh, chat capability includes video, includes sending pictures, includes sending audio uh, clips. It has a video capability built in that runs very high quality depending on your phone. So why not have another optional built-in chat service? That's so secure? it does video and chat that's all encrypted peer-to-peer, -peer, or how does the key thing work? Who's it? 
their BlackBerry through their the BBM. Okay, so it's like text secure. You have to share share the key and then you authenticate and then you can text uh, through your carrier, but encrypted. Well, basic, but it's using data only. It's no texting. Right, right, right. Like WhatsApp, so it uses. Well, that's kind of. Everyone will be creating a BlackBerry ID, so they're getting people into the ecosystem of that. Um, but I like the idea of having another multi-platform messaging client that also has something unique. Now, this is something unique the other ones don't have, and you guys have overlooked that, I think, with BBM, is channels. Have you seen that yet? Like IRC channels? No. Well, kind of. In a different way, though, because as a public figure, a business, uh, as you, as, you know, Jamhole, you can have a channel that then you have a one-to-many communication channel to all their devices. So it's like subscribers in Google Plus that follow you as a circle or subscribers in Facebook that watch your public posts. You can have a channel that then you're able to post direct to their devices. So inside of BBM, they have their individual chats, but they can subscribe to a channel for The Verge or for Yat. Oh, or interesting. And content. then it's it's just text that gets posted to their thing, or it's Pic- pretty much anything? Pictures. Like anything. status Picture. updates, basically. Yeah, including all the stuff you want to put in there that's in a normal stream. So that is kind of cool. I will give you that. That is actually kind of cool. So Channels, I was in the original betas. Uh, Channels is now in production. Does it work look- well from what you played with? Works real well, and you can create multiple channels. I can have one for I Do Notes that's already built under channels, um, nice. and then I can fire up one for each show if I wanted to right? as well. Uh, Ant walked away, so he doesn't get to give his input on that because he walked away. He's- I didn't walk away. I'm right here. That's you fine. Know, I got wallet going on the Verizon Galaxy Nexus here, so that's, that's handy. Right, so here you go. I'll give you a picture of it, though, but there's all the channels. that are. These are channels that are available that are public. You can search, but all these channels are public ones, be they shows or people or networks or sh- whatever they are, and you can see it's tons of information that you can subscribe to and you can search. Yeah, that's um, cool. Yeah, so the Gamers Network is on here. Uh, USA Today is on here. Uh, there's, a, there's a whole bunch of people that are on these channels. All right, I'm excited. I'm done. Good deal. Just about got wallet set up on the phone. Hey, it looks just like the PayPal app. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, the PayPal app got a refresh uh, a while ago, and uh, I don't, they kind of buried certain things that I liked using a lot, but that's fine. But uh, yeah, this is kind of cool. I'm glad that we can uh, use this once again. I, I was always a fan of Wallet. Uh, I, I dig it. And me and me and Ant tried it out, sending the money through Gmail thing that you can, under attachments now, there's a spot, this is like a little dollar bill sign, you can attach money hooked through your, your wallet account, right through a Gmail email. So that's nice. kind of cool, kind of cool. It's nice. rather convenient. I still don't know how fast it comes from your wallet to your bank account. Um, I haven't tested that out. I know they put a disclaimer of four days, but... Sure. Whatever, as long as it shows up. That's right. As long <laughs> as eventually, <laughs> eventually it gets there. That Did matters you guys... to some folks, you know, broke folks like me. And me. This Never. is, this is. you guys understand, this is Ant's playroom. He lives in like an elaborate castle, and all we see is this room he's built to make us think. Right. Yeah. You know. He's actually in Beverly Hills he, somewhere. He, he hires extras to run across in the background every so often. It's actually a very <laughs> large estate. It's actually its own not state. So much. It's the 51st state, state of Ant. Uh, not so much. Did you guys see the article about Google launching a healthcare company, Coleco? And uh, this kind of sounds very Kurzweilian, uh, but it's life yeah. extension. Yeah? Life extension. Sure does. 
Uh, the project is being led by biotech pioneer Arthur Levinson, chairman of the boards of Apple Inc. and Genetech. Genetech? Genetech. Uh, Levinson, the former chief executive of Genetech and a Google board member, was named the CEO and founding investor of the California Life Company, or Calico. Uh, he reports right to Larry Page. Analysts said the project should be met with a healthy amount of skepticism, of course. Uh, extending life, quote, is about as high as it gets on the human scale. It's obviously a profoundly important goal. It's David Brailer, chief exec of Health Evolution Partners. Uh, they're a private equity firm that invests in the, the whole healthcare industry. Yeah, you've heard the uh, code name for this project, right? No. Get, what is it? I, I just made this up, so if this joke fails, I apologize. Uh, Googlesium. So basically all the rich and famous <laughs> Google people will be moved to a that's where terrible. they cure everything. Chris, and we, that's terrible. We will all, I don't care. We will all suffer <laughs> while they build this beautiful Googleplex of Googlesium where they all survive forever and they, we perish uh, with our Google wallets empty. They live in googly goodness while we live in desolate hell. Right. We we don't even get ca- we don't even get keys to Pruitt Castle. I think this down. this was foretold in the Book of Revelation, actually. Okay, not Castle Manor, Pruitt Manor, Pruitt Manor, Pruitt Estate, Manor, Pruittshire. He lives in Pruittshire. Right. You're right, though. This this really does sound like a great curse file. They um, they say quote they we think of that. we think of solving cancer as this huge thing that'll totally change the world. But when you really take a step back and look at it, yeah, there are many, many tragic cases of cancer, and it's very, very sad. But in the aggregate, it's not as big an advance as you might think. It's curing cancer. <laughs> no big deal. Well, d- five to ten years. Done. What, what else? Was, is Kurzweil still convinced that he's going to be immortal, that it- that medical knowledge and all the vitamins and shit that he takes. Not immortal, but long enough to be able to upload his consciousness into some sort of substrate independent being. Uh, he doesn't even go that far. He, he thinks we're, we're learning about medicine so fast, and AI is going so fast, that Maybe. computing power is growing so fast that if he can keep himself alive, he thinks he's got a chance to extend, that the extension of human life can keep going until the point where everything can be replaced. And, uh, right, long he, enough to where you upload your mind. It it's, you're uploading your mind into a different... Wow. You're, you're talking he's about not, replacing he's parts. He's talking about staying his final shitty body, but you know, repairing it whenever it breaks. Yeah, with nanobots. With whatever, but not uploading his brain into a jar, into keeping his same old body. But Into uh, a jar with legs? Yeah. Come on. It'd be, be a nice jar. It when it needs to be. Sure. But, uh, I mean, that's, he's, I've read books, I've talked to the guy, he, he goes, he, he spends like a day a week at a doctor's office taking all kinds of oh, intervenous yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, they believe that just... harnessing computers with more brain power than human beings has the potential to revolutionize life and even perhaps one day cheat disease and death. Ray Kurzweil, a futurist and anti-aging crusader, also works on artificial intelligence for the Googs. Yeah. Isn't he their director of research? He should be. I think he is. Didn't they hire him? Yeah. Yeah. I would just like to alter uh, my lower third, so I want it to be appropriately. 
president of Googleisium. <laughs> it's beautiful, Chris. Beautiful. Hey, how'd you get your lower third to be green? It's, it's got it's got a color slider in the color <laughs> settings, Larry. I didn't notice you didn't, that. You didn't it's it's a RBG. If you happen to know a six-digit R, you know code, you could put in the hex codes for it. But uh, I just went with the slider personally. Gotcha. Oh, we talked a little bit about this on AOTA last night. Uh, Attack of the Androids dot com. Uh, we're almost at episode 100, actually. I should mention Tuesday. This coming Tuesday will be episode 100. So any of you guys want to join us, uh, definitely. Check it out, attackingtheandroids.com. Uh, anyway, Obama, the administration here, King, King Overlord High, High Priest Obama, uh, is urging the FCC to require carriers to unlock mobile devices. And, of course, we should mention not uh, unlocking bootloaders, but unlocking SIM cards so that you can move from carrier uh, to carrier. So, And this kind of goes into a story that uh, Jeff Jarvis, we, all, we talked about this last night a little bit, he got his Nexus 7 LTE. Did any of you guys hear about this? Have you heard about this? Anyone? Okay. You know how uh, when Google announced it, they had their, their big banner and it showed all the major carriers that uh, the Nexus 7 LTE was going to be supported on, right? Verizon, T-Mobile, AT&T, whatever. Uh, so we finally get the Nexus 7 LTE and won't, won't get it hooked up at Verizon. They won't do it. They said something like, all tablets are not created equal, <laughs> and gave him like this, this smart-ass remark. So he wrote this huge post about it, and because of who he is, he has uh, enough internet following to actually make a little ripple. And this is apparently illegal because of Verizon's FCC regulation or whatever that said that uh, they had to allow, I forget what the wording is, but they had to allow certain, what is it, Larry? They have a responsibility if they own the spectrum. Right, but it, it actually states like you have to let other devices on if they were purchased elsewhere or something. And so by them not hooking up his, his uh, LTE on the Nexus 7, they're, uh, they might get in a little trouble about this. But yeah, he made a huge stink about it. There's a great blog post uh, on Buzz Machine and on, on Google+. He said Verizon caught red-handed... <laughs> <laughs> but like, how pissed would you be? And I mean, you you listen to the show. You know, Eric Fink and Beaner uh, on AOTA mm-hmm. has been very excited to get. Like, you wait all this time, and you wait and you wait, and you know it's going to be on Verizon because the thing said so. And you get yep. it, and you go there, and they're like, "Sorry, bro, don't know what to don't know what to say. Maybe you should get this Zyboard or this Galaxy right. Tab on a two year contract." That would remind me of my experience at Sprint, where I said, you know what? I am going to a different carrier. Thank you. It's been fun, you know? Yeah. And you're lucky if you live in a place that, that does that, of course. Yeah, like most take, people. Just I'm take sure. your wallet somewhere else. Right. You know, but then on the other hand, Verizon has a, a whole lot of other clout, too, when it comes to this stuff. When you just look at uh, the Motorola phones, um, the droids. HTC One and the LG, you have all of these locked bootloaders that the hacker community can't really get into because Verizon told these OEMs, nope, we're locking it down. Don't, nope. don't open it up. Nope, nope. You know? So, I mean, it's, it's a lot of clout both ways where the consumers can act like Jeff Jarvis and say, you know what, y'all can suck it. Let me tell you a little bit about yourself. <laughs> you know, or Verizon could say, you know what, lock it down. 
we're the biggest carrier. Well, and it's awesome that, you know, they, they say in a tweet to him, they say, we apologize for any convenience. However, it cannot be activated. Go to verizon.com slash products to view uh, other compatible tablets or whatever. And then in another one, they said something like, all tablets are not created equal. And I like that he wrote this, and then it turns into from a, a blog post, from a Google Plus post, to news. Like, The Verge picked it up. Yeah. Android Police picked it up. Like, all of these actual media outlets picked it up and are like, I, I think that's great that they're... I'm excited you got your Nexus 7, but not all LTE tablets are created equal. It's not part of our lineup and can't be activated. <laughs> I look forward to this week in Google. Yeah, that's the question. For sure. Is it, right? it can't be activated for some technical reason? No, it can. Physically, it can. That's it, it can't so because they won't. It won't be I activated think, is what they should have said. condition of having... Right to that spectrum, they have to treat everybody equally. Though. Right, which is why there's going to be a class action lawsuit, I'm sure. This reminds me of when um, an ISP many years ago told me I could use a particular modem. Um, and I remember getting upset. I was like, whatever, it's internet is internet, bits are bits. Exactly, know, but they're not. They're not. Yeah. Bits are not bits, yeah. and Apparently. Well, Back before you guys were born, you couldn't hook anything up to the AT&T's telephone network that wasn't made by uh, Western Electric. By I, um, I actually did hear a little stuff like that, Larry, from my uh, grandparents, actually. Yeah. Your phone, your phone came from the phone provider. It didn't come from your uh, Walmart or anything like that. It didn't come from a phone. It came from the phone provider. The, yeah, the phone and they, their claim was they had to do that because using foreign equipment would damage the network. <laughs> well, and that's what they're trying to say here, except that they figured it out and it's not going to hurt the network. They're saying if, if it, because the Nexus 7 only has LTE, it only has this 4G antenna in it, if you're in a spot that there's no LTE, it's going to mess up the 3G network because it's going to do something screwy. And it's like, no, actually, that's not how it works. Uh, and he says, um, this is how the Chromebook Pixel works, and he's able to, to do that. You know, it, it just doesn't connect. It's not going to cause slower speeds on the other networks. And uh, here's the part. Uh, it says Verizon uh, on the Buzz Machine article. We'll put a link to it in the notes at Yats. Yeah, in our tech show uh, It says Verizon is thus clearly violating FCC regulations governing its acquisition of the spectrum that enables its LTE service, which require it to open to all devices. And then they quote from the actual regulations here. I'm not going to read it, but you can guess what uh, what it says. So, yeah, it's, it's dicks to Verizon uh, for sure. And Google should do something because it's Google, you know, that's their tablet. They hyped it up as being this cool LTE compatible on all these networks, you know. Yeah, it's hey, great. It makes them like that. Especially for people here in Montana. That's all we got maybe, is big red. Maybe Google is saying strike three and coming soon in 2014, Google. <laughs> Google ISP? Google SP? Yeah. Google Elysium? <laughs> Something. <laughs> Google Elysium. It's Google Elysium. And this makes me think I have an upgrade here that I can go use. I can go get the Moto X, but I was kind of waiting around to see what the Nexus 5 was going to be all about. But it, they screwed the, the Galaxy Nexus. Will they even get the Nexus 5? They didn't get the 4. 
Like who knows? It, it's there's such I that's right. Oh, it's so aggravating. Score. Nope. Only the the so I can get the Moto GSM, X. And, right? What's that? It was only GSM, right? Right, and Verizon CDMA. But yeah, I don't know. It's dicks to Verizon for sure. Uh, it's interesting reading all of the stories in the comments. Like, there's there's outrage a brewing. There is definitely outrage a brewing. Uh, but yeah, going back to the the article about uh, Obama and his petition, uh, it says in March the Obama administration said that consumers should be allowed to own unlocked phones, which spurred new bill proposals and committee discussions about the issue. Uh, the FCC also said it supported cell phone unlocking. Uh, so, I think it should. I'm going for it. It's only benefiting the carriers if you're like, you have to keep this on this carrier. Like, why should they even be able to say that? That's dicks to them for doing that. <laughs> I think what? they got a show title. Dicks you know, to you, sir. Uh, and I don't know how, how it is today, but... Um, when I last time I was there and did a study, Singapore, uh, the carriers couldn't even sell phones. They had to be independently unbundled. And why don't we do stuff like that? Says the proposal from the administration's tech policy arm follows up on President Obama's response last spring to furious, furious complaints from online activists after the Library of Congress made the practice illegal in January when an exemption to the DMCA uh, expired. The activists posted their complaint on the White House protest forum and collected over 114,000 signatures on the petition to overturn the Library of Congress decision. So, there you go. Did you just switch Sundays? What's this Library of Congress? We were talking about unlocking phones. This is what I'm talking about. Follow along, Larry. (laughs) Library okay. of Congress yeah, is that's, what? That's kind of old and slow. What, what's the Library <laughs> of Congress got to do with, with unlocking phones? No, he transitioned, in other words. Yeah, I guess I didn't catch it. It was <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> I mean, we were talking about um, Obama wanted people to have unlocked phones, and then you stood up and came back and started going on about the Library of Congress. Same article, I guess. Larry. Same article. I missed the, I missed the... It's okay, Larry. Moving on. <laughs> Larry, tell us about MOOCs. No, I'm kidding. What? Tell us about this MIT edX thing. Yeah, uh, that may be something. The MOOC thing... Uh, I don't know, six months ago, Stanford and, and consolidated with MIT, went into edX. And now Google has gone in with MIT. They, they, don't, they call it book.org. And uh, they are going to do something that we have talked about a couple of times in the past on, uh, on YATS. They are going to host, um, they're going to host courseware for anybody that wants to put it up. That's awesome. Yeah. And that's going to be really neat. And they are also they another thing they're going to do. I mean, they're going to continue doing the, the MIT courses, the kind of things that are there now. Is this Larry? Is this the integration with like with Khan Academy? How they have their stuff hosted on no, YouTube, Khan but it's going to be Khan Academy's got a whole different model, which is well, it's not. 
go there, I... No, yeah. I'm asking if that's how Google is going to do these, if it's going to be like Khan Academy's videos are, where they're hosted no. on YouTube, it's but it's be, all it's branded. NX's, it's going to be NX's videos, um, but hosted by Google. So it's going to be like YouTube. Right, that's what I meant. Okay. And they haven't announced the business model exactly, but... I, they're implying strongly that an individual like you or me will be able to just post courses there on their own as you upload the same way you upload videos to YouTube. And the other thing that they announced, which is kind of um, has to scare the shit out of a lot of universities, is that they're going to start uh, not just offering full courses from you know the straight courses from MedEx, but they're going to offer certificate programs like. Um, a series of several courses that get you a, a certification, you know, kind of like, I guess, Cisco certifications or stuff. And you can see something like that starting to change the whole role of uh, education in the job market. Um, so this may be a really big deal. Google's got a lot of infrastructure. MIT's got uh, a kind of winning uh, platform for this stuff, plus a real good reputation. So that sounds like a pretty strong combination. That's really cool if you can actually make them accepted. You know, if I can take all of my Khan Academy or edX or whatever credits and put them towards an actual degree or an actual certification. Yeah, I think maybe that what starts to happen is actual degrees start becoming less and less important. Right. Well, the whole thing changes, right? Instead of degrees, it's how far are you in whatever program you're you're doing. Yeah, but the, yeah, but the Khan Academy, I don't think, is going in that direction. But MIT has the kind of, you know, the brand, if you will, to be able to do that. I mean, if you get certified as take, having passed some six-course sequence by MIT, that may carry a lot of weight with the, the job market. What do you guys think? I just I remember looking at um looking at it on a new domain, uh, and some people were commenting. And my biggest concern is, you know, what is is there a way to get the sweet spot with uh, cost and quality and um and convenience? And I don't know if that's even possible, you know. And just like you were saying earlier, maybe the the value of a degree. Is going to begin to decrease, you know. But yeah, I, I think you know it may be that MIT <clears throat> more and more will start taking on certification role. You know, yeah, this guy is. You know, people won't say I want a guy with a bachelor's in computer science. They'll say I want a guy that's been through this six course sequence at MIT and, and certified to have passed it. Um, and it doesn't have to just be tech stuff. I just made that up. So think, you know, things may really change uh, what it takes to get jobs and whatnot. Doesn't it seem stupid that we're not doing things that way already? Like, it seems like such a no-brainer way to get your workforce better educated and out there being productive and not, definitely not starting your work career negative $60,000. That is the most ridiculous thing I can even think of right now is that I go and get my education and then when I'm done, I have this giant debt to climb out of, hopefully. yeah, That is just recalculous. It's not fair to call it the past brain damage because the technology to do what people like MIT 
or a whole different model that Khan Academy are doing uh, wasn't available 10 years ago, 15 years ago. And it takes institutions time to change. Well, yeah, I get uh, that. But uh, The shift needs to happen, though, and it will. The shift, and that, I guess that's what I'd say. That announcement by Google and, and MIT might be a real significant kind of uh, shift in, in or kick in the starting of the shift. Well, and we see a lot of like angel investor people like Peter Thiel comes to mind who's like, just drop out of yeah. school. If you know what you're doing here, I'll hire you. Like, drop, you know, it's unnecessary. Yeah, if you're one of the 10 Well, yeah, I get that. But that idea that, you know, if you know what you need to know, why are you wasting time here? Exactly. So, yeah. what, Chris? Were you going to say something? Is even cooler. They they don't think of like okay. MIT is still talking about courses, and in this case, the other thing, sequence of courses to be deserved. Yeah, Khan Academy is all modular. Khan Academy says we want you to learn one concept at a time. Very much more. Um, you learn regular. everything at the rate you want to learn it. I was taking chemistry video classes and then doing math problems on the mastery exams, like just to keep everything. It's neat. I like it. Lack it a lot. And it's one, one kind of focused little module at a time. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, and that, then the whole idea of a course even disappears. It's really uh, your average state university. As it no should, right? Think about it. We're not, we're not trying to train people to be factory workers anymore like we were back in the 30s and 40s. You know, like you're not just trying to pump out this workforce. You need to get them better educated. Otherwise, I'm going to Mars. <laughs> Tell us about your experience casting tabs with the uh, the Chromecast there, Larry, before we okay. get out of here. Uh, I have to uh, first preface it. I have an old laptop with uh, – it's got 8 gigs of memory and a flash drive, but it's got a, a Core Duo CPU. So it's, it's, it's a slow – it's like, I don't know, three-year-old or something laptop. And when I try to cast um, a tab, I mean, it works fine as a – you know, for something that's Chromecast enabled. If I try to cast a video tab, it just totally, it, it can't handle it. If I, if I want to do something like a slideshow or a PowerPoint presentation, presentation, it's okay for that. But uh, that's, that will be cured when I either get a, uh, a when I get a faster laptop. Can you adjust the quality that it streams at somehow, Larry? Can you adjust? Yeah, the- you can, but I'm talking, I'm not even trying to go, I think there are two quality settings, but it, I can't even effectively stream video at the low quality settings, setting with my, uh, you know, core duo CPU. When you're kind of uh, doing that, like that's not the the way you would ideally do that anyway. Having no, the open that's, media that's in a browser tab yeah. to stream it, that's crap. If you have to open media in a browser tab to then stream it, like, yeah, it's going to be a resource hog. It should stream the media natively, which it will, well, I'm yeah. sure. If, it, if, you, if you're streaming from YouTube or something that's been, you know, Chromecast enabled, then there's no problem. Well, yeah. You're, yeah. Not, you're not, your CPU just kicks back and says, go for it. Right. It's all server side doing it, right? And it's just coming across the net. But if uh, if you try to stream from like I tried to watch the Daily Show in video wouldn't work. But if you want to just if I take my laptop and I want to go through a uh, PowerPoint presentation, it's fine for that. Well, yeah. What's PowerPoint compared to you know yeah, a three hundred meg system. HD? I want a 
what if I want to surf the web or even do word processing. But even there, the, the compression is is a little crappy, so the you know little small letters don't look very good on the TV set across the room. But uh, but anyway, I'll be able to do video as soon as I get a new laptop. Nice, and we'll we'll put link or we'll put uh, the pictures there. We've been putting pictures in the show notes uh, for for each episode, yeah, and you posted the, the actual pictures of your usage. So that's that's interesting. We can kind of see uh, where it was at. So. Yeah. All right, anything else? Ant's falling asleep at the wheel here. I think it's time to wrap it up. Thank you, guys. Another great episode of Yats every Wednesday. Yet another techshow.com. What, Chris Miller from Spike Studio? Well, I wasted a bunch of time. I found a great place to find new wallpapers for iOS 7. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. Well, no, I just learned something. I couldn't figure out why there was the goofy white text. You couldn't see things. Apparently, the color of your wallpaper decides if they're going to use black or white icon labels by dynamic. You can't change it yourself. They programmatically ah, built it in. Wow. Helpful. Helpful. So if you go with a very light, very, very light background, you can now have black icon wording. Nice. Or if it has any amount of coloring to it in the middle, iOS 7 will automatically see it and make it white letters, and you may not be able to see the labels. of Even if it's beige. Even if it's beige. Because it's a color. That's funny. I apologize for that distraction, but you know what? We're full of tips here on this show because Yats is about tips. That's right. Just the tips. Ant Pruitt, anewdomain.net, point and shoot. Check that out on the smartphone photographer Google Plus community. Got a hangout for you tomorrow evening. Yeah, I won't be hosting tomorrow. Uh, one of the moderators will be hosting. Uh, I think Michael Portis will be doing it. Um, somebody will. Where are you going? Agree to it. Yeah, where are you on vacation? Where are you going? You don't get vacation. Oh, uh, Clemson plays tomorrow, so. I don't no, know what that. I'm sorry, he has to tour the grounds of uh, Pruittshire. What does that mean? I have to go trim <laughs> some hedge over at Pruittshire. Uh, no. It's football Thursday, man. Clemson's playing football it, tomorrow night. So. In his backyard. They're playing at his at his estate. Pruittshire will be hosting. Pruittshire Stadium? Well, that's, that's only dependent upon the stadium <laughs> lights getting here to the estate. We have to stadium actually lights. remove the lights from the Pruittshire grow room and then put them in the Pruittshire <laughs> Stadium. Grow room? Same no, lights. They're, same lights. They're actually, they're actually, you know, the lights are actually down in where he stores all his barrels for all his beer he makes at home, his home brewery. Pruittshire yes. Brew. That, I've had yes. that. I'm not a beer fan, but pretty good stuff. Pruittshire Brew. Pruittshire Brew. We're not right, but it's hilarious. Keep That's going. right. All right, Larry Press, thank you. Of course, your blog. Links to it in the show notes. Chris Miller from Spike Studio. And I'm Matt Lee. We'll uh, catch you guys next week. Subscribe in iTunes. Give us a review. We appreciate that. Hang out with us throughout the week on the Google Plus community. Got a Twitter account and a Facebook page if you want to follow those as well. So uh, that's going to do it for us at Yats, yet another tech show.com. Thanks for listening, guys. Good night. Good night. Tech Show. Check us out online at yetanothertechshow.com.